Absolutely. Well, welcome. We are live and we are glad to be here with you this morning. Um, we're excited to share a message as we enter uh, a new season in the liturgical calendar. I know. Today is Palm Sunday, and we're going to do something kind of fun and a little bit silly uh, today, but we've all been missing gathering in person and our kiddos too. And so today we're going to do something for our kiddos. Um, we're going to have I Spy Sunday. So here are the five things we are inviting our kiddos to look for in our video. So a smiley face in our video, palm branches in our video, a donkey, a heart, and rocks. Again, all in our video, so pay close attention. And by the end, you should be able to find all of them. And uh, these items all relate to our story. And so we hope that there'll be a, a way for you guys to have a conversation with your parents about this story and what it means in our lives. So we've been in a series on the words of Jesus, and we've been exploring what did Jesus have to say about tumultuous and challenging times in the world? Um, and there is such relevance right now, I think, for us. Now, today begins um, uh, the Passion Week, and it is uh, a week on the liturgical calendar in which the church, the world comes together uh, to focus on the final week of Jesus' life, uh, leading up to his crucifixion and the resurrection. And so today is Palm Sunday. Um, and on Palm Sunday, we remember Jesus as he approaches Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was uh, the capital of Israel. It was the hub of the religious world. Um, it was central to the people of Israel. And today we uh, look at a story as Jesus approaches Jerusalem. And so we're going to look at um, Luke 19. However, this is one of the stories of Jesus that is found in all four Gospels because it's that that important. It's in all four Gospels. And Jesus is approaching Jerusalem with his disciples. And as he's getting close, he sends off two of his disciples and he says, hey, you guys go ahead. And as you enter, as you enter, you're going to find a colt tied by the road. And when you find oh, this colt, which no one has ever ridden, I want you to untie the colt and bring it to me. And these are some really, um, this, some unique and unusual instructions. And they followed Jesus's instructions and did exactly that. They, they walked in, they found this colt, they untied it. And when, um, Jesus had told him, and when the owner of this colt asked you, well, why are you untying? Why are you taking this donkey? Just tell, tell him or her, whoever it was, that the Lord needs it. I mean, Mike, can you imagine someone walking into our garage and just, you know, nonchalantly taking one of our bikes and riding away with it? And, and if we approached them asking, hey, why are you doing this? Them saying, oh, don't worry about it. You know, the Lord needs it. No, I can't really imagine that scenario because none of our bikes are unridden. They are well used, so I don't. They think are very this well used. Would apply. No one would want to take them, huh? No. no. <laughs> well, we sure enjoy those. Um, but the disciples did what Jesus asked them, and they they walked in and they they found the colt, and then they took the colt and they took it back to Jesus. So Jesus is approaching Jerusalem now with his disciples, and he hops up onto the back of a young donkey. I don't know when the last time is uh, you were around a donkey, but they are not the most regal of beasts. And uh, here comes Jesus into Jerusalem. 
looking uh, towards uh, an amazing series of events that's about to happen. And he's riding on a donkey. And uh, the people start to come out of Jerusalem. And they line the sides of the streets and they begin to cut palm branches and to throw them out on the road ahead of Jesus, that he would have a smooth path as he enters Jerusalem. And uh, then they they take off their cloaks and they throw them on the path that Jesus would have a dust-free path as he enters Jerusalem. And they begin to celebrate and they begin to call out, Hosanna, you know, save us. Uh, They begin to hail Jesus as their king, as he enters Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, a central place to these people, the people begin to celebrate because their king is arriving. I mean, what a, an amazing sight. I've been a part of a few big crowds before, and you can feel the emotion. You can hear the shouts. And I, this is what I imagined I mean, this was like, this big crowd with these high emotions I was a third grade teacher for nine years here locally. And at the last school that I worked at, at the end of every school year, um, the kindergartners through the fourth graders would line the hallways. And then the graduating fifth graders would walk all along the hallways while all their their schoolmates would applaud them and cheer them on and, and just generally wish them well. And I remember as a teacher, when I first did this, I was like, that is so precious. That is so sweet. And then the third year that we did it, I actually knew some of the fifth graders because I was a third grade teacher. So I knew some of the fifth graders. And I remember just celebrating it and, and loving that. While at the same time as a teacher, I also had some responsibilities. I had to make sure my class um, was was doing this whole thing appropriately. And there's always that one kid. Always that one kid who tried to trip with a fifth grader or tried to cause a scene, just wasn't quite into, didn't quite understand the purpose of it all. And and even in this story, we see that. The people are celebrating Jesus. They're hailing him as king. And yet the Pharisees come, the teachers of the law. And they, they approach Jesus and they say, rebuke your disciples. They shouldn't be doing this. This is not, this is not appropriate. And I imagine they're motivated by a number of things. They're motivated by their fear of their political and religious Mm -hmm. power. They're fearful of what uh, Rome will think of Israel claiming they have a new king. So the Pharisees, they come and they say, rebuke your disciples. They should not be saying or doing these things. And Jesus' response is horrible and beautiful. He says, "Um, if they keep quiet, if the people stop hailing me as king, he says, then the stones will cry out. He says, the earth will cry out because your king is entering this place. And this is significant in a number of ways, but one of which is that it's foreshadowing. Um, uh, Less than a week from now, Jesus will be hanging on a cross and, um, and his followers out of fear will have fled and no one will be hailing him as king as he hangs on this cross. And the story goes that as he breathes his final breath, uh, there's a great earthquake and the rocks begin to split. And so I think the story in Jesus' words here, if the people stop declaring me king, then the earth will cry out, is a beautiful foreshadowing of what's coming in the week ahead. Yeah. Wouldn't, to, to have been there, to have heard that, that, that would have been amazing. So the people here are hailing Jesus as king, and Jesus is coming in 
to Jerusalem. And yet he was not the kind of king that they were expecting. Micah mentioned a moment ago that the donkey wasn't exactly a regal beast. And it, it really wasn't. This isn't how a typical king would come in to Jerusalem. You know, the Jews were under Roman law. They were under Roman rule. They didn't want to be under Roman rule. For, for a long time, for many years, they had awaited a king. They expected a Messiah to come and to liberate them, to save them from, uh, from this Roman rule. And so they expected a king to come with a big show of power, with a big army, with just a huge presence and with the intent to conquer the ruling power and to set up a new government. But Jesus came in very differently. So he comes in riding this young donkey in a humble animal, certainly not a warrior's animal. And it's interesting in this story, um, there's a very specific little description of this cult. Um, it says that it had been a cult, a young animal that had never been ridden ridden before. And, um, and this is important because animals that had never been ridden before were often used for a sacred task. And this was a sacred moment in mm. which Jesus comes in, not with a big show of power, not with a big show of strength, but he comes with humility and with gentleness. He fulfills in this moment, Zechariah 9, in which uh, the prophet had spoken many years prior to this, saying, Rejoice, Zion, for your king comes, riding, um, your king comes righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. Um, I think it's beautiful that he's being hailed as king, and he is the king, but he's a different kind of king. A very different kind of king entering the city that will soon crucify him in a peaceful posture. You know, once he's arrested, uh, he's going to be accused of all sorts of things. And one of Jesus' responses uh, is, am I leading some sort of rebellion here? Did I come into the city with clubs or with sword to wage war? Jesus came in humility and peace as he enters mm -hmm. Israel. I mean, can you imagine the emotions? Um, both of the people and of, of Jesus' emotions must have been just so high. He's being hailed as king, and he is king. In fact, he's God in human form. And yet he knows that this path that he's taking will, will lead him to suffering. And, and he's willing, he's humble, but he's also not naive mm -hmm. about what this path will, will mean for him. Yeah. So uh, he must have mixed emotions. Uh, but it's interesting to see the mixed responses of people as well in this moment. Some people on the side of the road are uh, worshiping him and hailing him as the new king of Israel. Uh, some are accusing him of uh, all sorts of wrongdoing, and some are plotting to have him killed, to have him crucified. And so the question that arises in my mind is, so who is this Jesus that's entering Jerusalem right now? on this donkey and who is Jesus today in our life? Um, here's what I've come to believe and understand. Uh, Jesus was an Israelite man. Uh, he was God in human flesh. He was a teacher. He was a worker of miracles uh, and, and he lived life and demonstrated love towards hurting and marginalized people. And according to this text and to the many witnesses of the resurrection, Jesus was Israel's 
king, his new king. And yet, as a king, he didn't come just for Israel. Uh, he was inaugurating in this world the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God come to earth, the kingdom which we participate in. Jesus is king. I love that. Uh, Jesus, Jesus is king. And so we also want to ask today, well, if Jesus is king, then how will we respond to this character of Jesus? How will we respond to Jesus? What does it mean for him to be king of our lives or king currently in, in our world right now? And, and what I love about asking this question is that we get to choose. God never forces himself on us. Mm. God presents himself to us, and he has. You know, Jesus has come. He is king. God is inviting us, but we always get to choose. And so today we get to choose how will we respond to Jesus. You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that we would hold him in the highest respect and highest place in our life. If Jesus is our king, uh, then we will allow him to play that role in our lives. Instead of lording over our own lives and business, we would hold Jesus in the highest esteem in our lives. Another thing that comes to mind is, is that we would imitate Jesus, that we would follow his teachings, that we would follow his example. In Jesus's life, we see such humility and gentleness. We see such love and compassion for people. And, and in this story, we see his willingness to suffer for the good of others. And I think that is just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to follow, a character, uh, the character of Jesus, to imitate him and to follow him. And finally, what would, what would we do? What would it look like if we were to hail Jesus as king in our lives? Um, we would participate in his kingdom. We're a part of something beautiful and special here in the world. Um, we would seek to serve his purposes, to see his purposes accomplished in this world. Each week we've been pitching to the group um, an idea of a worship song that might help us to reflect on the theme and the idea that we're talking about. Uh, in the day. And today I've chosen this song by Rind Collective. It's called Build Your Kingdom Here. And if you've been worshiping with us for some time, then you've sang this song. We've done this song together. But as you know, it was a kind of stripped down acoustic version of the song. Uh, what Jamie's going to post for you right now is um, a song from a concert uh, that they that they did. Um, and Rind Collective is an Irish folk rock band. And you're going to see the Love full that. band version. Um, it, by the way, there's one instrument on the stage that I cannot name, and you'll know which instrument I'm talking about. I would be quite impressed if someone in the comments uh, of that video as we post it can uh, tell me what that instrument is without looking it up <laughs> on the internet. Let's see if we can figure this out. But let me get back to the point. Um, Ren Collective, uh, Build Your Kingdom Here is a song about inviting Jesus, our King, to work powerfully in this world. It says, show your mighty hand, heal our streets and lands so relevant in this moment in time. You'll see in the video, they are not practicing social distancing in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Uh, we are right now, but the message is still mm -hmm. so relevant. Heal our streets, heal our lands. Um, they go on to say, we are your church. Uh, we are the hope on earth. 
um, and we need your power in us. Uh, it's a beautiful reminder in the season where we don't get together face to face, but we are still the church. Jesus is still king, and we are invited to participate in, in this kingdom. What a beautiful thing. So here's what we want to leave you with today. Here's, here's our invitation to you and to us, to all of us, to focus on Jesus this week and to imitate him because Jesus is king. He is a loving and humble and gentle king. He is king when life is going well. He is also king when we're in a global crisis and there's a pandemic around us. Mm -hmm. He is still king and he is a king worth following. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunities that we have. We thank you for the ways that you are working in the world. And Jesus, uh, King of our lives, uh, we thank you that there is a hope, that there is a kingdom, that there is a reality in this world that transcends the, the challenges that we're facing in this moment as a world. Help us as your church to um, hail you as king. Help us as your church to participate in the healing and the hope in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're honored that you chose to spend Sunday with us. Um, hey, kiddos. So if you were playing that I Spy game, uh, remember those five things, I encourage you to talk to your parents about those items and how they relate to our story. All right. All five of them. All five of them. Make sure you saw them all, okay? All right. Hey, everyone, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us today. It's been a blessing. We look forward to talking with you again soon.